The annual International Women's Day is just around the corner. Future CIO is running a series of interviews with women leaders from across industries and functions as our way of contributing to the gender equality movement. With us today is Ms. Grace Chong, Vice President for HR for Asia-Pacific, China and Japan, F5. Grace, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Hello, thank you. Thanks for the welcome, Alan. How has technology and digital transformation changed the role of women in leadership position? Well, you know, Alan, um, a lot of people have spoken about this. And, you know, I could also talk about the same things in terms of the fact that, you know, there are increased opportunities that technology and digital transformation has leveled the playing field. But actually, I kind of have a little bit of a different take as well, which is that it's the other way around and that it's women who has changed technology and digital transformation. I actually feel that women um, have actually played a, a big part in digitizing and making companies in the digital transformation journey much more human. So that's my take, actually. Um, I feel that it's the other way around. Well, it's a nice take. The humanization of technology is something that IDC wrote about. At the end of the day, technology is supposed to be here to serve us, not the other way around. Exactly, exactly. Right, yeah. That's how, I, that's how I feel too. Given the near-term issues around the pandemic containing this work from home and now return to work or the, whatever this new normal will look like, is this diverting from the importance of recognizing and promoting women leaders, both in the technology space and perhaps across all the different functions within an organization? Actually, far from it. I don't think it's diverting at all. I think it actually highlights and further highlights the need of promoting women leaders um, and having that diversity in this type of situation, right? Where in a pandemic, everybody is, you know, just has been so confused and lost and feeling that, you know, the, the whole world has kind of fallen down. And actually, if you notice around the world, it's the women who, with their nurturing qualities, have actually helped um, many companies to kind of navigate the current situation. So it's not diverting, it's actually making, coming to the front more, you know, the importance of that type of humanistic outlook for any company. I'm going more on the women technology professional side of this, and you've been in HR for quite a bit. What qualities stand out when it comes to women technology leaders? I think for me, a few come to mind. Um, number one is the detailed orientedness. And second one, as I mentioned, is actually that nurturing quality. So, and I don't want to make this sound very cliched or stereotypical. Oh, women have this quality and men don't. That's not the point. I think, you know, both women and men have it, but women tend to have it in more to a greater degree. And it has definitely come to the fore at times like these, when we've seen so many people struggling, colleagues all around the world, uh, people faced with varying degrees of challenges in their life. I've got a ton of employees who have family who have been affected, having to travel around the world just to um, be with their family again and getting stuck there. And women leaders tend to be the ones who are reaching out to say, you know, it's okay. You know, let's do this together. The calming voice, right? The ones that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in terms of qualifications, so we talk a little bit on the technical side and experiences and all that. What qualifications are needed to set one's path towards leadership role? I've opened this up rather than just purely to women's side, but I, I guess to any gender doesn't really matter, right? But if I want to enter into a leadership role, what should I need? I mean, you've dealt with a lot of uh, employees or applicants coming to the companies that you work for. What do you look for? 
it's not so much qualifications actually, but life experiences. So we firmly believe that it's life experiences that make a person. It's not not about the number of letters that you have behind your name, but rather what skills you've picked up, how you've learned from your um, life experiences, and you've brought those experiences to bear. You know, in any role that you play, I would say that is more important than uh, acronyms behind your name. <laughs> Thank you for that. That you're validating what I tell my kids. You need to be street smart as much as you have an academic role. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. Not to say, and, and if my kids ever listen to this, uh, not to say that they shouldn't be studying. Anyway, on, on a more personal note, if you have to look at all the people that you met in the past or a recent past, who in your mind best exemplify woman technology leader and, and why is that? Actually, that person is in our company. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Mika Yamamoto, who is our um, chief experience officer and marketing uh, chief marketing officer. So she holds two roles in our company. I admire her so much. She's a woman technology leader that I feel embodies what I think is is the best and the brightest. So not only is she technical, but you know she has that overall quality of yet being nurturing, having that human first outlook. As well as being able to bring others along on the journey, so I feel that not only you know being technical is important. She has you know not lost any of the you know a woman's charm in bringing all her team along and the rest of the company as well, because she plays a really important role in ensuring that we as an F five has what it takes right to go along that whole journey as a company. In terms of leadership lessons, I mean, again, you've been in in HR for a while now. What is that one leadership lesson that you could share with our audience here? I would say empathy, right? Myself included, when I first became a leader a long time ago, I originally thought that yeah, I had to be the best in everything, and I couldn't show any weakness because being a leader meant that you were always strong and always, you know, have all the right answers. I think you know, looking back over、uh, my career, one thing that has always shown up in all the exemplary leaders that I've met is the ability to empathize、uh, with others around you and. And、that quality makes everyone equal because we all come from different backgrounds.、Uh, we've had different life experiences, and we can't say that one is better than the other. But we all learn from one another, and the ability to empathize with somebody else's situation not only helps that person, but it also helps us because we then are able to grow as a person. Ultimately, I think leadership is about being the best possible person that you can be, not necessarily about you know all the High-flown、um, management theories, and you know, management theory actually is about describing what we inherently should have as human beings: being able to relate to one another and realizing the goodness and the gifts that each person has. Well said, thank you. Yes,、uh, at least in my experience, I've worked for about eleven companies now. The best leaders I've had, the best bosses I've had, were those who are not afraid to tell in my face that there are things that they don't know. That that's part of the reason why they bring us to the organization. They they encourage、uh, a sharing of both our experiences and our skills as well. Now, as a female executive yourself, what has been the most significant barrier to women pursuing a career, not just in technology but anywhere within an organization? But what's the most significant barrier for women pursuing a career? I think it starts with society and、uh, culture. So even in my day, you know, in university, it was always. 
kind of presumed or assumed that technology or things which were technical in nature were not the domain for for women, right? It was, you know, in university here in Singapore where I went to, the engineering departments or faculties were dominated by males and it's like, you don't go there, it's it's like no women's land. <laughs> so if you would not be feminine if you went into those departments. So I think it was largely those preconceived notions in the past which are slowly eroding in this day and age, right? So it doesn't mean that you're any less feminine if you are technical. And that's the reason why I mentioned Mika just now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was precisely that. And that you could be both very deeply technical, but at the same time, you don't lose any of yourself. You don't have to be the same as your male classmates. Uh, you're different, but you know that your ability to be technical has got nothing to do with your gender. It's just what your interest is. And so, yeah, I, I feel that that was one of the originators. The other barrier I think would just be um, not wanting to stick out just because the environment then was you would be very rare and nobody likes to feel out of place. Um, nobody likes to be one of a, only a small handful of females in a class of uh, men or, or for example or even in a boardroom to be in the, the minority. People just feel out of place. So what is your advice for any of your employees, colleagues that are coming into the organization, discovering, especially in the technical side, that, hey, I'm the first woman techie guy to come into this group. What's the advice that you offer to them when they come in to a male-dominated workforce? I would say two things. Firstly, it would be have confidence in yourself. Confidence, I think, is is important, right? So confidence in your own abilities, that's number one. If you don't have enough of that confidence, it's really quite difficult to to break through in the first place. The second thing I would advise, you know, young women would be to find a good sponsor. Someone who, you know, recognizes your ability and someone whom you can look up to and learn from. That person could help oversee your career. So I think those two would would be the thing that I feel is, is important. Yes, mentorship is very important. I do find uh, in the best companies I've worked for, having a good mentor actually helps uh, tidy you up during the, the lows especially, but also during the highs of your career. What advice would you give to the next generation of female leaders? This has never been a better time. The awareness has kind of exploded everywhere in the world. Now is actually the golden opportunity. There's so many much more um, opportunities that were not there. Even just a couple of years ago, five, ten years ago, the, the same opportunities have not been there that they are now. So it's the time to for women to kind of like take the opportunity into their hands. And if they feel that that is where they want to go, obviously leadership is not for everyone, but for those who have that interest, this is a really good time. You know, find a good sponsor, have confidence in your own abilities, talk to other you know, women leaders, learn their life journey, learn what has worked for them. At the same time, learn, learn what has not worked for them. And I think, you know, uh, grab the opportunity and, and go for it. Grace, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you so much, Alan. It's been fun. Thank you. That was Grace Chung, Vice President, HR, Asia-Pacific, China, and Japan at F5 on the topic of strategies for becoming the leader you are meant to be. You are listening in to Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our weekly free newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe. Have a great day and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.